NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday today, Tuesday, October the 26th. Trash, garbage, waste. Yeah, we create a whole heck of a lot of it on a daily basis. At least it sure feels that way. And a new study from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, says looking at the possibilities for upstream proactive solutions to dramatically reduce the volume of materials that flow through the economy and therefore also reduce the associated energy consumption and carbon emissions. This study looks at the possibilities, again, for those solutions to really help us cut back on what we produce when it comes to waste. So for more on this study, Pleased to welcome to the program the author of the report and senior economist with the CCPA BC office, Mark Lee. Mark, how you doing this afternoon? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining me. And yeah, this is obviously uh, something that I, when I did my intro here earlier on in the show about half an hour ago, I was kind of previewing our conversation and saying how this seemed to be a really, really hot topic of conversation before the pandemic. COVID-19 really hit us, and then we stopped hearing quite as much when it came to you know, single-use plastics and trying to ban plastic bags and these kinds of conversations. They were really front and center for quite some time and seemed to have tailed off a little bit. Uh, but I guess just before we get into the report, I mean, uh, are you starting to feel like maybe this whole conversation around waste and around trash that uh, it, it's starting to grow a little bit, maybe pick up some more steam as we kind of crawl out of this pandemic, or maybe you didn't notice a dramatic switch or, or change at all in terms of how this conversation is being held. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, it, things fluctuate, uh, to be honest. Um, I think right now we are in a bit of an upsurge of interest, um, particularly around climate change. So, you know, the big international meetings happening in a few days uh, in Glasgow, um, BC just announced a new um, Clean BC a climate change plan uh, for the province. Um, so part of what we're looking at is, you know, the bigger picture on that. It's not just uh, carbon emissions, but it's, you know, resource extraction and habitat loss and reduced biodiversity and a lot of the stuff that are, is caused by uh, a lot of consumption that, that we do as, uh, as humans. And so we're basically looking at, you know, how can we change our systems, not just to reduce our carbon emissions, but to just reduce our overall footprint uh, that we uh, that we put on the environment uh, and look at, um, for example, Clean BC talks about um, is really interested in the idea of a circular economy, uh, and that's basically you know a, a key piece of the zero waste approach we're taking uh, in this report. So normally we have a very linear production system. We extract things, we produce, we consume, and then uh, we we put it in the trash uh, at the end of the day. And so the idea being that, you know, all of this stuff kind of lasts longer in the economy. And then at the end of a very long life with a lot of reuse, um, then eventually things get uh, recycled back into new um, materials that go back into the start of the production system. So it's a circle or a closed loop. All right. Um, now... You look at, uh, you know, this was done in conjunction with, uh, you know, uh, Waste Management BC, I believe, or Zero Waste BC. Um, and, and, you know, it looked at a target of 2040. Uh, so 19 years from now, or really, I guess, almost down to 18 years from now, is a target for when we could be at a zero waste economy. Why was that day chosen? Why is that, uh, you know, to you sort of maybe a, a reasonable timeline? 18 years might sound like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty darn quick. 
I think it is, you know, a fairly aggressive target, to be honest. And, and when you think about uh, change that can happen uh, in 19 years, so it's a, a full generation away. But I think it, it gives us time to put in place the systems that we, we need. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that flows through our households and our economy in the form of packaging and plastic. Um, a lot of that can be rethought. So uh, redesigning those processes so that they don't have as much packaging to begin with. Um, you're rethinking how we uh, access certain uh, services and being able to repair the products that we have so that they have a, a longer shelf life. Um, more emphasis on things that um, are reusable. Like, I think the, the, the classic example for me is beer bottles from back in the day. It doesn't happen as much anymore, but, you know, beer bottles are still largely reused, um, you know, 18 to 20 times before they then get recycled. But, you know, when I was a kid, it was all reusable bottles. So there's no reason why that kind of model shouldn't be uh, more prominent for the beverage industry and other areas of, of food services. And in doing so, actually helps create more of a local economy uh, around those. So it's better environmental performance, but it also uh, is tapping into uh, local economic demand more so. Yeah, and part of this report kind of really focused on or at least touched on how British Columbia seems to be ahead of the curve when it comes to like comparing to other jurisdictions when looking at things like composting and recycling. I feel like there's probably still a long way to go in both of those categories here. Like here in Kamloops, we just started a composting pilot program here for our municipal waste system. I mean, that felt like a long time coming. So there's definitely some improvements to be made. But when you're saying that we as a province are sort of a, a ahead of the curve a little bit, I guess how much does that factor into to the, the probability of a 2040 timeline for zero waste being attainable. Oh, uh, yeah, and no, I think it's, it definitely helps. I mean, part of the problem is that coverage is very uneven when you go around different parts of the province. So the, uh, the, so the curbside collection and pickup and, and the you know, separation of uh, materials uh, here in Metro Vancouver, where I live, uh, you know, it's very different than uh, Kamloops. You know, I was just visiting some friends in northern Vancouver Island early in the summer, and, and they have you know, very little uh, in terms of options. So um, there's a lot more we can do uh, using the public sector. Like the, we recommend developing a crown corporation for zero waste that can help coordinate across all of these uh, different uh, places, some of the harder-to-service uh, areas uh, in the province, uh, standardizing a little bit so that, you know, it's not like every place you go there's different receptacles trying to accomplish the same thing so having you know a common set of, um, of receptacles for all the different types of waste um, and just generally a more coherent system so it's, it's a little bit of a mess out there but uh, if we tighten things up I think you know we've got to put us definitely on the right track did you look at affordability at all when going through this I mean waste is not it's not cheap. Recycling is not cheap. Composting is, is not a cheap process. Uh, and whenever we're trying to make big drastic changes in the way we try to, you know, tackle waste and, and, and uh, dispose of it in a more environmentally friendly way, it seems to come with a pretty significant cost. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely an important point. What, what BC has been doing over the last decade or so uh, is shifting toward what are called EPR or extended producer responsibility models for, for dealing with different types of waste and essentially the the, the onus there uh, is put on the the producers of the products that are coming into the marketplace to deal with them at the end of life uh, and we've had some some good success bringing in a number of those different programs uh, we make a number of recommendations um, in our report around raising the bar on those those programs so that they're more effective 
Uh, and having, you know, a crown corporation is also part of that as well. So that um, a lot of these different programs, you have to go to a particular place in order to, to dispose of it. So trying to make it easier for consumers through more like local neighborhood level depots that are coordinated and make sure that those uh, end of life materials get to where they need to get to for their next life. Um, I, I guess one thing that kind of struck me and, and maybe it's not surprising, but just for me anyway, I was a little baffled at uh, just the number of times that the the word incinerating came up. Is that something that still happens a lot in this province when we're trying to get rid of garbage is simply lighting it on fire? Uh, to some extent, yeah. I mean, about a quarter of the waste uh, here in Metro Vancouver gets incinerated. We have uh, one uh, major incinerator in Burnaby. Uh, a number of years ago, Metro Vancouver was pushing to have another one, but then they didn't want to have it located in Metro Vancouver, and sort of no one else in BC wanted to um, have a facility to burn our garbage. Surprise, surprise. Um, but there's also a, a problem now of some of the, the waste that's getting diverted um, as, um, as feedstock in cement kilns. So it's another way of incinerating, but with even kind of lower standards than what we see at the Burnaby incinerator. So basically, we, we want to stop burning stuff. We should be phasing out the Burnaby incinerator you know, in, in place of other solutions that are more based on reuse and repair and just redesigning systems to, to get rid of that waste in the first place. Right, and that comes back to your previous point there is really getting the consumer to make sure when they're making products that it's not made of such low-grade material that it can't only be reused like maybe more than once. I think one of the examples that was given was uh, like yogurt containers. They can be uh, turned down into uh, like the the plastic wood that you could kind of use for your deck, but after that, you know, it, it no longer has a life cycle beyond that, right? Yeah, so when we think, uh, what the idea of recycling is that, you know, ideally the, those materials should go back into kind of a similar form as they originally came about. But for a lot of plastics and, and paper uh, as well, they, they, they get what are called downcycled, so it's a more degraded uh, use. Uh, even a lot of the glass we put out for recycling, uh, a lot of it gets turned into um, aggregate for sandblasting. So um, the, the idea is to push up the, um, the producers so that there's a lot more reuse happening. Again, the beer bottle example, uh, Avalon's a, a dairy here in, in the lower mainland that um, uh, you know uses reusable bottles for its dairy. So there's no reason why more of that type of thinking couldn't permeate a lot of the uh, a lot of the common things we get from supermarkets and just having these kind of loops where we're reusing those same uh, containers over and over again. Uh, Mark, I, I do think this is incredibly interesting and, and very important, especially when we're talking about the subject of climate change on a grand scale. Um, what can we do here in British Columbia? Well, a zero-waste agenda for BC, as this report is entitled, is something that makes sense to at least be targeting. Uh, so I do appreciate you coming on and speaking to it. It's a 60-page report. I guess, you know, we don't have time to get into all of it, obviously, but if there was one final point you wanted to make, uh, I guess, what would it be? What would be your, your biggest takeaway that you want uh, readers of of this report, a zero waste agenda for BC. What do you want them to sort of remember uh, when when they when they put this thing down? Uh, I think uh, plastics is a, an area where we really need to get our act together. We only recycle about you know twenty percent of the plastic that's out there. Um, so yeah, particularly single use plastics, and most of the plastics that's produced is just for like one uh, use for a quick hit of consumption, and then it's done. So if we can get a handle on that, we would we would do ourselves uh, a lot of good.
Awesome stuff, Mark. Well, I really appreciate the time again. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and hopefully we'll have a chance to, to do it again soon. Maybe we can uh, see where we're at uh, when it comes to uh, the, the target for 2040 zero waste. I'm sure we can uh, look at a, a progress report in the not too distant future. It probably wouldn't take too long to start seeing some steps to implement such a program. Um, we'll see just how the government feels about it. But uh, again, I guess thanks for the time today and we'll catch up again soon. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Awesome. That's uh, Mark Lee right there. He is with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, one of the authors for the report, A Zero Waste Agenda for British Columbia.